Okay, this is a really, really interesting story. A device developed in Halifax to detect COVID-19 in sewer systems, and apparently it only costs a dollar. One loony. We're here with vaccine researcher, family physician, Dr. Iris Gorfinkel. And first off, uh, Dr. Gorfinkel, tell us a bit more about this uh, device. Exactly how does this test work? This is unbelievably cool. One dollar, Bob. Incredible. So it's a spherical device made by a 3D printer from researchers at our Dalhousie University. And what do you do? You drop this spherical thing into the sewage system. And what can it tell you? It can detect three cases in 100,000 people. That's how sensitive it is for picking up the novel coronavirus of COVID-19. Incredibly sensitive. And when they tested it in Halifax, it accurately had predicted both the third and the fourth waves there. So some 10 days before public health officials knew it was going to happen, this simple device was able to detect it. And that's why Ontario is starting to use it. BC is starting to use it. And they're using it in countries as far away as Australia now. So it is super exciting. All right. How does it detect uh, COVID, uh, you know, in the area or in the sewer system? Is the virus uh, in our waste and therefore can find it uh, there and sort of pinpoint uh, areas where there's an outbreak happening? This is fascinating, but the virus has been detected in nearly every bodily fluid you can name. You know, so yes, it is detectable in the feces. So what happens is the device picks up even tiny amounts of virus, which and it's set through essentially a photocopier device, not unlike the PCR. That's how it can detect such small amounts. So PCR is just a fancy photocopier. It stands for polymerase chain reaction, but I like to think of it as a photocopier. So it can pick up even tiny amounts of virus and exaggerate that signal so that it can be seen. Okay, so then officials can take this, they can examine these uh, tests and determine that there is an outbreak uh, on the horizon or currently happening in, in a certain section or area of a city or town? Absolutely. And think about the public health benefits of that. If we could do that, say, in a chronic care facility and know that it was going to happen 10 days before it happened, that would allow us to do widespread testing and stop the spread before it happened. That's the idea here. Imagine in dormitories, they're using it in Halifax in dormitories now too. And if, if they could pick up that signal, we could stop the spread by increasing mitigation, increasing testing, increasing contact testing, instead of the way we're now doing it, which is kind of behind the eight ball. Once we see that the numbers, the case numbers have gone up in some places, it's, we're waiting for hospitalizations to go up, only then do we react. This allows us to make the most out of vaccination and mitigation practices. Okay, you're right. This is really, really fascinating. And is it limited just to uh, COVID or can we use this test to pick up uh, other viruses? They are looking at it for other possibilities as well. But the biggest possibility on the horizon for now remains the novel coronavirus for COVID-19. But they are looking at its utilization for other things. We'll have to see. Keep your ear to the ground. But proud to be Canadian. That is a major advance in early detection. 
Yeah, that is really, really uh, fascinating. Also, while we have you here this week, uh, Dr. Gorfinkel, wanted to talk to you about uh, something that has been in the medical headlines the last day or two, and it's heart attacks and aspirins, and whether or not uh, we should continue taking one low-dose aspirin to prevent uh, your first uh, heart attack or stroke. Uh, What's the research telling us about this? So this is absolutely fascinating. We know that heart attacks and strokes are often caused by blood clots. So the blood thickens because of platelets. And so what happens? Aspirin helps to thin the blood to reduce heart attack and stroke risk. Not every stroke is necessarily caused by a blood clot, but there are a number that are. So how common is heart attack and stroke? It accounts in North America for one in three deaths. That's how common it is. So the thinking was, if everybody should go on an aspirin, maybe we could prevent that from happening. And why why this report is so important is because now they're saying, if somebody is 60 and over and has never had a heart attack, has never had a stroke, they in fact should not be on low dose aspirin to prevent it. Because the problem is, is that bleeding risk goes up along with age. As people get older, they're more likely to bleed. And where do they bleed? They bleed from their stomach. They bleed from their intestine. They bleed sometimes in their brain. I'm talking about hemorrhagic type of strokes. They bleed when they fall unexpectedly and hit their head. So when they look at on balance, is it beneficial? Well, yeah, maybe for reducing heart attack and stroke risk. But then on the other hand, they're going to bleed more. So what they found is if somebody has not had a heart attack, if somebody has never suffered a stroke, and they're just saying, maybe I should take this aspirin just to prevent it, it does not do that. This is a conversation that everyone needs to have with their doctor. Certainly, it does not apply to individuals who are already taking aspirin, because there are many reasons why a person might be on that. And that's a conversation to be had with their clinician. So what are the Canadian Heart and Stroke guidelines right now in taking low-dose aspirin? And after everything you've just said and chronicled here from this research, uh, do we need to maybe have another look at what the recommendations are? Well, this is just it. In Canada, we have been making that recommendation for some time, that if some if, if you have not had a heart attack, if you've not had a stroke, you know, and you're 60 or over, you should not take aspirin. Now, so if you're already on aspirin, fine, have that talk to make sure that we understand. So there's things like atrial fibrillation. Well, generally these individuals need to be anticoagulated. In other words, we need to thin their blood and aspirin is not enough to do that. But aspirin is especially important if somebody's had a heart attack, if somebody's had a stroke, because that can prevent a devastating problem for them. All right. Well, bottom line is talk to your family physician, just like we talk to family physician and vaccine researcher, Dr. Iris Gorfinkel, each and every week at this time. Dr. Gorfinkel, appreciate it as always, and have a great rest of the week. Many thanks, Jeff. Dr. Iris Gorfinkel with us. We'll get a break here on Global News Radio. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.